Hello and welcome to Valley West Cinemas. I'm your host Aaron and this is the podcast where we take a group of related films and eliminate all but three. Today I'm joined by Tara. Hello Tara. What's up guys? I have my list and my red pen ready because today we're discussing the films of Will Smith. This episode will be formatted a little bit differently. We're still going to each select our three surviving films, but instead of going one by one and eliminating all of his films, I want this to be more of an open conversation about his career and his overall filmography. So Tara, prior to Sunday, March 27th, how did you feel about Will Smith? Oh, the day that will live in infamy, right? Yeah, we'll talk about the slap briefly. It's been talked to death. Will Smith is more than just a slap on Chris Rock. We're going to discuss all of his movies. Do you remember back when movies used to end with songs that basically described the plot of the film? And that was usually played (laughs) over the credits, Yeah, played over the credits, yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it was kind of like the, not really a time capsule, but it was such a big deal like the late 90s, early 2000s. That was just a thing you did with your movie. Yeah, I miss tie-in soundtracks. Tie-in soundtracks were pretty awesome. You would see music from and inspired by. Yeah. You would buy the soundtrack to Twister and three (laughs) of the songs are in the movie and the rest of the songs are just owned by the same studio. Tie-in soundtracks don't really exist anymore. Back in the 90s, though, Will Smith had huge, huge hits. He was the king of that pretty much, wasn't he? But prior to Sunday. Prior to Sunday, I mostly just kept Will Smith in my mind as his older movies. You haven't really liked his newer stuff? Not a lot of them. I'm not sure if it's because... The uh, attempted forcing of, hey, look, I've got a son. Look at Jaden Smith. He's the new Will Smith up-and-coming star. Oh, you mean how he tried to... He nepotism, you know? No, no. So here's the thing. I don't necessarily want to say nepotism or grooming. Those both sound... Well, grooming is a different term than nepotism. Well, they both sound... I know what you're implying, but you can also groom a child to be a success. That doesn't just have to be the negative version. But either way... That's true. And while it might be nepotism to say, I want my kid to be in a movie, I would argue that... After Earth is the negative version of nepotism versus like Karate Kid. Will Smith is the reason that Jaden Smith was in The Karate Kid with Jackie Chan. I love that movie. I think it's great. It really comes down to the old adage that I've said before, if it was good, we wouldn't complain. So I don't think we would say nepotism if After Earth was amazing. Pursuit of Happiness can be argued as nepotism, I suppose, as well, because his child in that is also Jaden. And there was another movie where Willow, his daughter, was also his daughter in the movie. Was that the beginning of I Am Legend? Yeah, that was the beginning. being shoved on the helicopter? Yes. My thought of Will Smith was mostly leading guy, fun movie. It can be drama. There can be dramatic moments. He can do serious movies like Ali was pretty good. But a lot of this other stuff just felt like it doesn't have the Will Smith appeal to it. Would it be fair to say then basically that you miss or at least remember the 90s Will Smith? That's more of our era. Yeah, the 90s Will Smith. I mean, he has done some good movies. I myself didn't like them, but that doesn't mean they're bad movies. Will Smith has charisma to burn. He is a charming guy. Precisely that. He is like the personification of charisma. That's what I want to see. One of the big things with After Earth was he had no charisma. It was like they just lobotomized it out of him. Yeah, that movie was awful. (laughs) I mean... It was so bad. Then there's other ones like Bright, where he's... And Hancock, even, where he's just this hateful individual, and that's not what I want to see. Even in those roles, though, even in Bright and Hancock, he... He plays the part well. He brings the charm and the charisma to it, and that's what I think made him slapping Chris Rock so shocking. Never mind, of course, that it was on the world stage. That's a huge deal. Yeah. But also, too, we don't picture Will Smith being that person. It would be like if Tom Hanks walked up and just punched someone. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And you're like, that's not what we have come to see you as, for better or for worse. As far as the actual event, I'm going to say that we can dislike or be offended by the joke as much as we want. 
but the answer is not striking somebody. That's it. It's not. And hitting him and then losing composure and yelling. I can understand this, but again... Know where you are, for yeah, one thing. Know, know the room. Know where you are. It wasn't the right thing to do. He should not have done that. And that's really it. And, and then he went up afterwards, accepted an award, and talked about how violence isn't the answer. I'm like, no, no, he no, He wants no, to be no. a vessel for love. That speech, <laughs> That speech was insulting. I can understand how it would have been heartfelt if he hadn't slapped Chris Rock, and I don't know how much of that speech was planned. I know that he didn't want to make his win about what had happened, but he already made it about what happened. There's no way around that. He should have addressed it up there. He should have taken his Oscar and addressed what he did and apologized up there. Not this weird standing ovation, crying, talking about being a vessel for love and how the devil's coming for you. No. One thing I like to imagine is, what if that had been Amy Schumer that he smacked? If how you feel about him slapping Chris Rock is different from how you would feel about him slapping Amy Schumer, you need to question why. And the reality is, it's probably a question of gender and race. The Ooh. world would have reacted differently. And that does beg a bigger question yeah. of why would we react differently? Because it should be okay or not okay. Just because Chris Rock was a man doesn't make it better than if he had slapped Amy Schumer. It's the same action. It should have the same consequences. In my experience going on Twitter, I would say even in some polls that I saw, people were 50-50 on Chris's side or on Will's side. And I don't understand that. Will Smith made a mistake. It does not matter how bad the joke is. And if you feel differently thinking about if he had slapped Amy Schumer, then you need to question yourself about why. A good point. I will say, at the very least, people were talking about the ceremony. <laughs> the, Oscars, <laughs> the Oscars were, were in the news. They yeah. were relevant for the first time in how many years? Yeah, the, the Oscars actually mattered. They trended on Twitter. Honestly, I know I'm not the, the right audience for the Oscars because I find them boring and stupid and pretty much just a bunch of rich people sitting around a table patting themselves on the back for how awesome they are. I will defend the Oscars because I am a movie guy, obviously. Yes. I love the Oscars. For me, every year, the Oscars are like my Super Bowl. I make a day out of it. This past year, it was a huge, 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 horrible mistake for them to cut eight of the awards from the broadcast, and the show was still longer than the last three years. So you can't tell me that they're trying to shorten the show. That's nonsense. They took away opportunities for people to be on the world stage. But that's not really what I think of when I think of the Oscars, because they weren't there this year. The Oscars are meant to be a celebration of film. And unfortunately, the broadcast has become top priority. ABC wants ratings. So they keep trying to change the show to such a horrible degree that it is this pompous, horrible, boring thing that Tara probably thinks that it is. I hate the broadcast. I understand that. But the Oscars as an idea is a celebration of film. And sometimes they get that right. But the way that they keep trying to change the show to get more ratings that's why they expanded the Best Picture category to 10, to up to 10, because people were mad that The Dark Knight and Wally weren't nominated for Best Picture in 2008. And so by expanding the category, they think they can get some popular films in there. And, and then, get people to watch. And get people to watch. But when they expanded and instead more of the same type movies became nominated, they tried to introduce a popular film Oscar. This past year, they did do a Twitter poll that they broadcast during the show, which was stupid as hell. <laughs> The Academy is a group of eight to 10,000 people. This isn't just a group of stuffy critics. This is an actual group of thousands and thousands of people who vote on these Oscars. And so when these films get nominated that aren't Fast and Furious or Spider-Man, it's not some hoity-toity stuffy critic making these decisions. It's a group of normal people. Will Smith is a voter. Was a voter. Well, he was a voter. Yeah. Right. He resigned from the Academy. But when people vote for Best Picture, it's everybody. 
And when you see movies like Drive My Car that you've never heard of get nominated, it's not because they only like those movies. It's because 10,000 people all watched these different movies and thought it was one of the best. 10,000 people that are in a world apart from us, where there's millions of us, it's really hard for people who like movies but aren't like super enthralled with all of the process of the movies to watch something like the Academy Awards, the Oscars, the Grammys, anything like this and go, okay, I've heard of maybe one of these movies and I didn't like it and I don't care. I do though. I, I care because I love film that much. And so for me, those things are about celebrating achievements. But some things do get overlooked. There are all sorts of movies that are ignored every year and it's just the way it happens. I don't know. And I think that's what most people kind of fixate on of, hey, Wally was great. The Dark Knight was great. Why are these not even in the running? Why does no one even talk about these? Instead, it's a bunch of guys standing up there in, you know, million-dollar suits and dresses. I like to thank the Academy for this wonderful chance to get more money and to act in more roles. But if you watch the show and pay attention to the speeches, some of the people who win are truly amazed and humble and love movies. That's, That's the stuff I like. If they're going to do this for ratings, they have to find some way to bring in more viewers without it just being the same kind of... Garbage nonsense? Yeah. Sometimes they do the most cringy, terrible <laughs> stuff. I don't know why. But either way, Will Smith was nominated and he won for King Richard. He is good in King Richard. I like that movie. Will Smith has tried the Oscar route a few other times with some terrible, disastrous results. The Legend of Bagger Vance was pretty awful. Seven Pounds is pretty awful. <laughs> Collateral Beauty was also pretty awful. Winner's Tale was pretty awful. I don't remember Winner's Tale. He pretty much has a cameo in Winner's Tale. He plays the devil. I even went on Wikipedia to try to figure out the plot of that movie. It makes almost no sense. It has to do with resurrection or rebirth. I don't completely get it. It's terrible. Just the name could be, okay, this could be almost anything. And if Will Smith is in it, you assume... What's well, a famous book, I think? Maybe the sequel to A Midsummer Night's Tale or something like that. A yeah. Midsummer Night's Tale? You just com you just combined okay. Shakespeare with a Heath Ledger movie? Let's do it! It was already combined. <laughs> Why not? Six Degrees of Separation was his first attempt at a dramatic role all the way back when he was still on Fresh Prince. And I think that may have been his first real movie. I don't remember if it came out before Made in America or that not. Was, he was the con man in that one, wasn't he? Um, mostly, I just remember Stalker Channing is quite good in that movie. No one really remembers it. Made in America, same thing. That was a Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg comedy back when they were one of those tabloid couples. And <laughs> Ted Danson famously wore blackface. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I honestly <laughs> forgot Will Smith was in it until I looked at the credits. Like, oh yeah, he was in that. He's essentially the comic relief in a comedy, if that makes sense. When I think of Made in America, I think of you know Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. I don't think of Will Smith. It's not his movie, so to it's speak. It's really not his movie. No, uh, he did a few animated ones. I like Spies in Disguise. It's not great. It's amusing, definitely. But Shark Tale is one of the worst <laughs> studio animated films I've ever seen. Shark Tale is awful. It was just so bad. I mean. The colors are bright. The character design's kind of interesting, but... No, it's, it's ugly. It's an ugly film. I'm saying interesting because that sounds better than saying it's ugly. Okay? It's, <laughs> it's upright fish with humanoid faces. It's very strange. Even if Cats was done like in full animation, I don't know if it would be quite like that. Like they look like the actual bodies of cats with human faces? Yeah, it might have been better. Oh, God. <laughs> Does anybody remember Focus? Focus is amusing for a con artist movie. It's not great. But it's fine. If you haven't seen it, fine. Whatever. <laughs> I did say the collateral beauty is pretty bad, but it did have an interesting premise. That's one where the guy's family dies, and so he writes letters to time and death. Oh, and yeah. And then it turns out like they're not sure if they're actually really like time and death and love. And love, I think. Yeah. And then he starts meeting people, like on park benches and such, who claim to be the mortal representations of time and love and death. 
and they have these profound conversations with them. But it's implied that the shareholders like hired these people to do this. The twist is that yeah. they were hired actors, yeah. And then the triple twist is that <laughs> maybe it really was time and death and all that. But it's an interesting idea. Bright was an interesting idea, but it should not have been a movie. Bright has an amazing setup and idea. Oh, yeah, it does. And then does almost nothing with it. So the first 20 minutes or so when they're building the reality of this fantasy world, that's interesting. That's incredibly interesting. And then it's almost abandoned completely. It just turns into another cop movie. The setup just, like you were saying, it feels like two or three different things kind of pushed in together. The fantasy aspect is awesome. The freaking effects are really good. The, the effects, costumes are cool. Yeah. The world building is cool, but then they very quickly just turn it into a gritty cop movie where one of the cops looks weird, and that's it. And they even have the whole, you know, are you one of us, are you one of them kind of deal with the, the orcs, you know, yelling at the orc cop. You have to be an orc or a cop. You Which can't is be both. a race allegory. I'm like, yeah, there was too much stuff to cram into one movie, and it just didn't work, but it could have been so much better. Do you know who made Bright, who the director was? It's David Ayer, the guy who did the first Suicide Squad. I didn't like that movie, so I don't know <laughs> if that's going to make me feel better or not. I wanted more of the clash. I wanted the culture clash of the fantasy world with a real cop world. And yeah. they don't do enough with that. They should have done much more with that. I think that's what would have been really interesting. Do you remember Seven Pounds? I don't remember Is that, that the one where he was, he was like a drunk driver? I think he was a drunk driver. He killed someone. And so in order to like make, make amends, amends and tell him, he was finding people on an organ donor list. Oh. And set it up so like you know his liver go to this guy, kidney go to this guy, eyes go to this person. Does he kill himself at the end? I thought he did. I thought he committed suicide just so that the parts would go to the right people. Oh, jeez. I have no idea. I'll have to look that up. He didn't do another movie for either three and a half years or four and a half years after Seven Pounds. That was that era where he was grooming. <laughs> I hate to use that word. Supporting his children's careers. How about that? That uh, was that. A, supporting sounds a lot better than grooming. Yeah. 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 We're going to go with supporting. That it's was the era of Karate Kid. Mo most of the movies we've mentioned have been his kind of busted drama ones or kind of bad movies, but he did have a list of significant successes too. There was Independence Day, there was Men in Black, Enemy of the State, Ali, the Bad Boys movies, I, Robot, Hitch, Hancock, Pursuit Wait, of I, Happiness, I, I, I'm Robot? Legend, Aladdin. I, Robot? Yeah, I, Robot I just, made a bunch of money. I just could never figure out the whole convoluted plot between the, the doctor who killed himself but didn't kill himself. And it wasn't anything like the original Isaac Asimov story at all. The original story is just the trial. It's about a robot being put on trial for murder and the question of can a robot be held accountable? And the fact that the Will Smith character, I don't remember his name, hates all the robots, every single robot in existence. He's a robot racist. Yeah, he's a robo-racist. A robist? A robist? Robust. A robust. robust. Anyway, Will Smith plays a robust and I robot. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason he hates robots is, if I remember right, he was in a car accident with his family and- I'm noticing a trend. We keep talking about movies where somebody else or Will Smith is responsible for the death of a family and it motivates the character. A robot goes to save them and judges that Will Smith has a better chance of survival than the little girl. So the robot saves Will Smith and not the girl. And that's why Will Smith hates all the robots. And I'm like, but the robot saved you. I guess there was only one robot and he couldn't carry two people. That's like arguing about the door at the end of Titanic. You and I may be the only people who probably don't like iRobot. It was a well-liked movie when it came out. The robot just looks so weird, though. They've got that kind of weird, uncanny valley, semi-human looking face, mm -hmm. but the rest of them isn't. So almost like cats. Oh my God, Tara. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say about Suicide Squad because uh, Morbius just came out. And somebody made a comment that Jared Leto has now been in the worst DC movie and the worst Marvel movie. 
And then I made the I made the comment that too bad he wasn't in Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god, then he could have had all three. He could have had the trifecta, man. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for iRobot either, but I think we're the outliers on that. Even though it made a bunch of money, I did not like Hancock either. Hancock was two movies put together, kind of like Bright was. Hancock was originally a dirty, Deadpool-like, R-rated superhero movie. The original title was Tonight He Comes. The beginning is funny. I like the first maybe like 30 minutes when he is a worthless superhero drunk Mm -hmm. that causes more destruction than he intends. But then once it turns into a rebranding movie and then there's a plot twist and you get a whole second ending where he fights Charlize Theron because they're a thousand years old apparently or something. That's, yeah, two movies, three movies yeah. even. I mean, the rebranding could have been just part of it. But when they add the whole, oh, by the way, there there were other immortals. They're all dead except for these two. Yeah, it was essentially a whole extra act that didn't really make any sense with what came before it. Yeah. As I'm looking at this list of movies, I am realizing that I like Will Smith in almost all of them, and I dislike most of these movies. He's just good at even the roles that, you know, I don't like. I can't really complain about any Will Smith performances. He is a good actor. There's a reason why he became so huge. But maybe I'm just a cynical jerk. I don't know. I see movies like Hancock and I Am Legend and I, Robot that were successes, and I don't like them. I Am Legend I would have liked if they kept the original ending. Will Smith's character is the legend the monsters have, you know. That well, that's in the book, though. That's barely in the movie. The movie is not a movie of the book. It's it's a movie know, of the I title. Know. I don't think in pretty much any movie Will Smith does, he's supposed to be the the actual, like, bad guy, bad guy without a reason for it. So in I Am Legend, if they kept that ending from the book or from even the deleted scenes, Will Smith would have been the bad guy. Spoiler alert for a, what, 70-year-old Richard Matheson story? Yeah. In the old story, in the original book, at the end, the hero who's been killing all these zombie monster vampire things uh-huh. turns out that he is the villain. He realizes that they have society. He sees them driving cars and they have their own police force. And they're essentially humanity, just also vampires. And he has been murdering them. <laughs> and so to them, he is the monster. He is their boogeyman. He is their legend, which is where the title comes from. And that's almost completely abandoned in the I Am Legend movie with Will Smith. But that would have been such a good ending. That's the reason it works so well but in the, the thing story. Is, but that's the thing, though. It can't just be the ending. They have to build up to it. There has to be other stuff. Because in the story and the other two movies, because it was made into the movies Omega Man and Last Man on Earth with Charlton Heston and Vincent Price. And in those, he meets other people who are alive that turn out to be the monsters in disguise, wearing like makeup to look human. Uh. And that's how he learns that they have speech and personalities Mm -hmm. and plotting it's not just a twist ending that's true i did not love aladdin the director was guy ritchie who has never made a musical before so i don't know why they hired him gemini man the problem with gemini man is that the whole concept is that a 50 year old hitman has to fight a 25 year old clone of himself and a big selling point of the movie was the amazing special effects of making will smith look 25 again the problem is is that will smith aged so incredibly well that you can almost barely tell them apart. The entire selling point in the movie is undercut because your main actor still looks really good. Yeah, it doesn't really lend itself to the awesome technology promise if he looks just, okay, maybe he's tired today. Yeah, I'm not saying that I want to tell that it's a special effect. I don't want to be able to spot the de-aging. But when they show you the 25-year-old Will Smith and you really don't even know if it's a special effect or not, on one hand, yeah, they did a great job. But on the other hand... They really needed somebody who looks relatively bad or different 25 years later. 
if they had hired Russell Crowe now and then made the 25-year-old version of him look like he did in Romper Stomper, that would have been cool. That would have been really good special effects. I did not like Aladdin at all. I tried to give it a shot. The animated version is one of my favorite movies. He played a decent genie, but... And again, Will Smith, man, he has charisma. He is a good actor. Aladdin, the live-action movie, was a victim of Disney trying to soften all the edges on stuff. In the original, the Cave of Wonders starts to collapse because Apu... Steals the gem. ...is greedy, right. And in the live-action one, they make it look like he's being hypnotized, so it's not his fault. And then when they try to get out of the cave, in the original, Aladdin basically bullies the genie into performing a wish. And in the remake, Aladdin puts the lamp behind him, and so the genie thinks that he's touching it when he makes the wish. So you have to touch the lamp to make a wish? They say that in the new one. But they change it from bullying to the genie making an assumption, and they change greed to hypnosis. And it's just a slight softening. They're taking the blame away from everyone. Or like the opening song when he steals the bread. In the animated version, he looks at the bread and he sees those orphans, and he considers, he briefly considers not giving it to them. And in the live action one, they make it seem like he stole it for them. Yeah, no, Aladdin is a thief. He doesn't have a heart of gold the entire time. Right. And Disney just doesn't want anyone to have a flaw. For all of his attempts at Oscar success, though, my favorite movies of his are the popcorn ones. Independence Day and Men in Black. I love those. And thankfully, he has grown. He hasn't made a 30-year career of just the same. But I like that Will Smith. I like the Will Smith personality. I, you know? I like the personality and the charisma is just amazing. I still like that. If you had to guess, what would somebody who's not us choose as their three? Because I'm thinking that Hitch and I Am Legend would probably probably be up there. I mean, at least people I know would probably pick Suicide Squad because they like... No! Oh, I God. wouldn't. I'm just saying Who they, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> they, or Suicide Squad or the sequel. They would like him in that. I don't know if anyone really remembers I Am Legend or Hancock. Men in Black, definitely. Of his dramas, Pursuit of Happiness to me is probably his best. I know it glazed over some realities of the situation. What I do appreciate about Pursuit of Happiness is that it's not a bummer. It's about somebody working towards something, which is nice. It's nice to watch something that's hopeful without being sugary saccharin like Blindside. It was still pretty sugary saccharin when I watched it. It was, yes, but it wasn't the Blindside. No, <laughs> okay, God. Blindside, yeah, nowhere near that level of diabetes. But uh, Pursuit of Happiness, still to me, I watched it and was like, okay, this almost feels like rich person propaganda as, look, this homeless guy, this this poor guy here, he was able to bootstrap his way up into great stuff, so there's no reason you can't do it too. Oh, wow, that's really cynical. I get what you're saying, but yeah, I I would not have made that interpretation. I do enjoy Pursuit of Happiness. There's a word that I would use, treacly. Is that the right word? Treacly? Yeah, T-R-E-A-C-L-Y. Sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. As far as his sequels, uh, he was wisely not in Independence Day 2. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do like Bad Boys 2 a lot. I think Bad Boys 2 is the perfect Michael Bay movie. 3 is pretty good. 1 is pretty good, but 2 is awesome. For Men in Black, I think 2 is pretty terrible. 2 is really terrible, actually. I liked 3. 3 is a good recovery, but not a lot of people saw it. It wasn't that successful. Jermaine Clement is a lot of fun as Boris. That was a time travel one, right? It was. I liked I liked Part 3 quite a bit. But man, Part 1, oh, Part God, 1 is one beautiful. of the perfect 90-minute movies. Men in Black is so tightly edited. It's so perfect in its plotting. You watch that movie, every line matters. Every single little thing supports the movie. 
I can't really think of too much in that movie that even the cynic in me is like, that part right there is just, just made no sense. The bug Edgar was awesome. Edgar was great. I Vincent D'Onofrio. The, the special effects in this thing were great. They still hold up today, yeah. too. The little baby octopus is, you know, on the <laughs> of the highway. You're like, that should be really creepy. But oh, God, it's so cute. Like, that thing's adorable. Yeah. Men in Black is not high art like Casablanca. But Casablanca is one of those movies that's often stated as having a perfect script. Men in Black, I would argue, also has a perfect script. It feels weird praising Men in Black so much, and even if you don't like that movie that much or just think it's okay, from a filmmaking perspective, if you were to sit down and watch it and actually analyze it, I hope you would also see what we see in that it is so tightly made. The movie is a perfection of editing. There is no fat on that movie. Independence Day, you should have kept that little 30-second discussion where the guy says, hey... Actually, all of our technology has been reverse engineered from this one alien ship. That's why they can upload the virus. That's why all this stuff happens. Yeah, I, I don't you should have kept that. that one minute in there. That wouldn't have made too much different into yeah. your budget. P- people complain about the Independence Day Mac computer connecting up to an alien ship. Well, again, I, didn't, they, they I, I don't care. They've had it for 50 years, and it's an alien invasion movie, and they got it to work. I don't need to know how. Otherwise, the effects are great. The characters are fun. Even the people you don't like in the movie play their part so well. Mm-hmm. They use models so much in that movie. It was one of the last movies to really use model work. I love Independence Day. It does have problems. It's kind of dumb. I saw it 30 times in theaters, and that's not a weird round exaggeration. (laughs) It's not hyperbole. I genuinely saw it 30 times. I have a list of every date and showtime that I went. I have all my ticket stubs. I saw it a lot. (laughs) I remember that once it came out on VHS at the The time. VHS. I bought it on VHS at midnight at a Smitty's when it came out. Yeah. I remember having the VHS and watching it pretty much every weekend. Wow. And again, it does have its problems. Independence Day is not a perfect movie. It gets a little stupid. It is a little bit long, but I love it. Independence Day is what blew up Will Smith's career. He was still on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when it came out. It was a massive success. It made $100 million in its first five days, which sounds quaint now, but back then, <laughs> that was an impossible number. It's hard to really explain how huge that was, how crowded theaters were. Lines were going outside movie theaters and around the building. I think that was the last time that a movie really performed that way because now we have the megaplexes. Megaplexes really started coming around only a couple of years after Independence Day. And so now when a huge movie comes out... It's on every single screen, and you could pre-buy your tickets, and you mm-hmm. have assigned seating. But back then, you had to get to the theater, hope there's a showtime available, and get in line. Independence Day, Men in Black, he's riding high, and then Wild Wild West comes out. Yeah, Wild Wild West, he's still good in it, and I like the rapport between him and Kevin Klein. but man, that movie's terrible. Even as a kid watching that movie, I was like, okay, it's interesting, it's got a giant mechanical spider. Famously, famously a giant mechanical yeah. spider. How can this go wrong? I don't know what happened. Wild Wild West was pretty bad. And also, too, to a lesser degree, it's not really a movie of the show. If you've watched the show, the way the people behave and the way the characters are portrayed, not really the same characters, not really. They're just mostly characters in name only. But I don't think anybody going to theaters in 99 to see Wild Wild West cared about the original show. So or whatever. knew it existed at all. Yeah. Had a good song, though. Do you Wilson. want to sing it, Tara? No. Wild Wild West. <laughs> I-, I will say, though, that... uh. Will Smith was riding high, Wild Wild West came out and kind of knocked him down a little bit, but people still like that movie, I think. I mean, in hindsight, maybe not as much, Some but people, at the time, I think, kind of like it. It didn't open that well. I think it opened with about 30, which was way, way lower than anyone had thought it was going to open mm-hmm. with. It was a significant underperformer. I imagine there are people who like it now. I don't think anyone 
would defend it as good. I don't understand the whole like anything interaction with <laughs> anything in this. I like Kenneth Branagh in it. He is chewing the scenery like it's a free buffet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it sucks. I will go to bat for Enemy of the State. It's one of those techno conspiracy theory movies that were gaining popularity with the internet. It was directed by Tony Scott, who would later throw himself off a bridge. I actually saw Tony Scott at a screening of Enemy of the State, so I actually got to see him, so that's kind of cool. I'm I'm pretty sure I know what three I would select. I've got my two, definitely. Independence Day and Men in Black. Like, those, those are almost givens, right? I would say that those two are the big ones, both financially and popularity-wise. Those are the big movies that Will Smith has made. As far as the rest of his filmography, I would say you could pick 10 or 12 of these easily to be the third one, and they would all be reasonable choices. So, do you have your three? I know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm looking over my list, and I'm like, eh, you know, a lot of these, I didn't like the movie, but he played good parts in pretty much all of these. That's the hard thing. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been bad. Just by looking at box office, you can see that I Am Legend and I, Robot and Hitch are probably, I would say, his more popular films. I Am Legend is still coming up in conversation as people wanting a sequel. And it came out in, what, 2007? Yeah, it's been it's a been while. 15 years. We've had a lot of other monster movies since. Yeah. If we're talking about my presumption of what other people think, I Am Legend is probably the one that I would suggest. Throw I Am Legend on there. It's my third one. I myself didn't really like it, but I know a lot of other people did. All right. As for me, now playing this week at Valley West Cinemas are Independence Day, Men in Black, and Bad Boys 2. I didn't elaborate too much, but just to double back on Bad Boys 2, I think it is a perfect Michael Bay movie. It is his excess and humor used in exactly the right way, stylistically and visually. It's a kinetic film. I like it a lot. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter at VWestCinemas or Instagram at ValleyWestCinemas underscore podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please visit Patreon.com slash podcast. And of course, please rate and review wherever you listen. It helps us a bunch. I'm your host, Aaron. I was joined today by Tara. Thank you for listening.